I'm good. Welcome to the good life. Oh, yeah. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Stan Wilson. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Drop Back. I'm Sam Lewis and joined today by Matt Burns Peak and Joe Costanzo. How are you doing, fellas? Really good. Fantastic, Slew. I am very awake and ready for this podcast. Had our big business trip at the weekend. Pretty good fun. Crucial uh, business. Crucial business was done. But you end up watching at 3am in a casino. <laughs> Business was done, stonks was done. Now look at us. It's great though, because it means like for the first time this season, I'm actually sure that Joe watched most of the games. He did. We watched him. We watched him watch the games. I've got some very colourful remarks on on these here games. I mean, it was a bit of a crazy week for the Cardinals crushed the Rams to um, kill an eight-game losing streak to their rival. All five rookie quarterbacks featured for the first time this season, like significant game time. I mean, obviously, Tom Brady returned to Foxborough, but we've heard about that all week. Um, and Urban Meyer celebrated his fourth straight loss by having a lap dance in a club following a family event. So lots of stuff going on around the league. Where would you boys like to kick it off? As far away from Urban Meyer as humanly possible. Yeah. I, mean, I, would, like that... to kick, I would like to kick it off with the league's top rushing quarterback. Is that Sam Darnold? You mean Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. We yeah. tell you know we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys game, so let's kick it away. You yeah. want to your Panthers, the team that lost? Yes, I would. Because okay. Sam Darnold is actually a rushing threat in the red zone, and it's pretty funny. They mm. actually design QB powers and design quarterback runs all the time because it's his mobility. <laughs> As if that's like, yeah. But he, he's actually good at it, and it's it's quite interesting. I think it's one of those when he's got sneaky athleticism, so the defense aren't really selling out. So, like, as soon as you get a few of these in the red zone, it's yeah. going to be a, much, a lot harder to come by. Because it's easy to get a for Sam does a similar thing sometimes as well. What once? A few times. Three times. I mean, there's similar sort of athleticism, aren't there? It's like, if you give him ten yards, he'll take it, but he's not going to burn past you for well, actually. Didn't he do it for the Jets last year on Thursday night or something? I think it was against the Broncos. He did do a rushy boy, didn't he? When he got like a four-yard rush or something boy. like that. Mm. He is sneaky yes. fast. It's a weird part of Darnold's game because you, you look at him, you don't really, I mean, it sounds mean, but you don't really associate him with having that sort of ability on the ground. Mm. But he's, yeah, like you said, he's actually he's actually pretty prolific at uh, picking his moments. Yeah. A few other Panthers things as well. DJ Moore and Chubba Hubbard both impressed me, to be, to mm. be honest. With DJ Moore, Trump. they basically gave the CMC role with those option routes out the back. Yeah, they, like yeah. and that worked very well um, for them as, as well. Hubbard coming in when Christian McCaffrey's injured didn't really, like, I, I thought he was very capable. Uh, he, he looked like a starting running back, to be honest, in the league. Um, the worrying issue thing, though, is um, so did Mike Davis last year in that offense, and he looks very naff this year. Yeah, that's true. Getting zumped by... Um, but this is the same offensive line that also gave away five sacks um, during the game. Like the Cowboys' D line completely, like just I thought the, the Cowboys pressure on. were really good. Like their offense allows their defense just to like play aggressively. It's like because they don't need to hold teams to like few points because they're going to put up a load of points themselves. So they get mm-hmm. like sacks on third down, a couple of turnovers game, which they, Trayvon Diggs seems to be doing by himself. Yeah, yeah, Trayvon Diggs, like a lead, leader in interceptions at the moment, isn't he? With five? Yeah, four games, he's five got one in every game. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. Two, yeah, two, two this game. And right. everyone everyone should be saying a hearty apology to Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs after last season because we were all boshed him a little bit, saying he, he, I mean, he, did, he did have a rough time yeah. as a rookie, but I mean, it's kind of to be expected. But They've got a much team. better pass rush, which allows them to play more aggressive on the back end, though. Which I think Mike Sanders so surprised us a bit with yeah. that. Like I thought when Demarcus Lawrence went down, that would be a real blow for that defense. But yeah, they're playing Randy, surprisingly uh, well. Randy Gregory is it? He's he's yeah. been quite good for him this year. And also Michael mm. Parsons is looking like he's actually uh, able to get to the QB from that 
outside linebacker role. So it's, it's quite yeah. good. Doing a nice fun job of mixing it up where they're actually paying him as well because he got sat from linebacker last week. He was playing against at the end. So he's just a big, he's a big boy. So just playing. He's so big. There's, there's one play where he got cut by, I mean, it must have been Trevor Hubbard and he sort of goes on all fours over the cut block, stands up again, sack Sam Darnold. Yeah. I did originally put a little note down here saying Elliot looked impressive and physical and patient, but then to be great. honest, that Cowboys O-line were blasting so many open holes the whole mm. game. When um, What's his name? I always forget the backup mm. running back who came in. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard, yeah. Tony Pollard came in and was like completely dicing them as well. He gives them something different that the fact that the worry with Zeke is that he's been used so much. Like he looks fresher than he has done in years. And I'm guessing that's because they got a great number two. Unlike Joe yeah. said, an awesome O-line again. Yeah. Those, those holes were insane. And it just allowed Zeke to build up momentum, just sort of bounce off people and carry them for an extra four or five yards and fall forward, which was nice to see. Obviously, yeah. um, Dak Prescott had a fantastic game, which isn't like, that much of a surprise. I think he's probably up there with probably the smartest QBs in the league right now because we've seen that the Panthers defense like to do some exotic stuff when they're blitzing. And Dak did not seem to have much problems at all all game. Yeah. Well, earlier on in the game, the Panthers defense actually looked kind of okay. Like Shaq Thompson was blowing up quite a lot of plays. And then pretty much from the point Amari Cooper scored in the third quarter, it just kind of that it got I mean, it just got away from the Panthers, really. They almost had a comeback at the end, but I mean, it wasn't they, really they still had to score all, eight points to get, points, get wasn't into it? overtime. Well, they could have theoretically, you know, got eight it's when you get it's when you score like with 30, with like a minute left on the clock, that is not really yeah, in a game. It takes something special. I think I, the Cowboys, their PA game is looking great because they actually mm. use their Titans to block so they get them like wheeling out on the off the back and I think they should probably make Cullen Moore their head coach because he's going to be someone's head coach next season um, you've been impressed with him yeah well, do you think this is Mike McCarthy's doing their fun stuff on offense absolutely fucking no chance no but um, how they build plays off each other like you do Cedric Wilson touchdown like he caught a bubble screen like three I don't know a few times earlier in the game and it's basically the exact same formation but instead of um Blocking, he does like a little fake block and then well, runs up the yeah. same for a touchdown. They do a great but, job of like sequencing their uh, the, their plays and like plastic word. Just making, yeah. just having options so you can do several things out of one. Where well, that's the thing, like set, setting it up thing. early in the game with uh, with certain looks and then like like Lisa going away yeah. from it in in just make a slight time. difference and then that can be difference between a touchdown and not one. Good. Oh. OC play can uh, can do for a team. Yeah, yeah, I would like to see Kellen Moore just become the Cowboys head coach as well, but I don't think it's going to happen. I know. I think I think it probably should because he'll. Was, well, it, it was, should. It was, it, it was either last year or the year before. I was getting linked with a load of HC jobs, and he got mm. promoted or got a big race to stay there as OC. I'm guessing part of that package that he's basically coaching, waiting, but. In I mean, the same vein as like Josh McDaniels. No, you can't the just guess that they've written into his contract where he got. No, I don't think it's written his contract, but it's probably a verbal contract. Like if he's getting no, a head coaching job, he's not staying around to be OC unless there's some sort of guarantee he gets a job. A gentleman's agreement. Cordell Patterson actually scored three tuddies. What do you think? Me, of that? me, me and Slug feel very good about this because uh, on our on our live stream last week we did some fantasy running backs to start. And, the, and some of the big names were Cordell say, Patterson, yeah. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and uh, David Montgomery. And all three of them fucking balled out. So we're basically fantasy experts. It's weird how with Mike Davis there, you thought he was going to be the premier back and Cordell Patterson is sweeps in. three touchdowns. One of them, he wasn't even playing running back, though. It was like a deep poster, it, Yeah, yeah, yeah a deep post as a receiver. Yeah, I think this is saying a lot about that Washington defense, which seems to lower expectations Very every much. single week they play. Well, also when Jonathan Allen is the only guy on that D-line D who can actually get production and pressures and sacks, then you know you've got an issue because you've Which got... Which is weird because we yeah. it should have been all four of them can. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, Chase Young is, is the most talented member of that front front four on paper. And yeah, just last few weeks hasn't... Hasn't looked that good this hasn't year. Hasn't looked as great as he. Yeah, and that division think... is 
getting away from the like there's no way I can see them catching the Cowboys now. And I don't no think they're good enough to make a wild card spot. So this season is on the plus side, Taylor Heineke looks like he's having fun. He looks that, fun, yeah, he does. That's a man that knows he's playing with house money, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Good on him. Yeah, made, made another few money. good plays on, on Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So he's had a bad time in the casino this weekend. Um well, actually, no, that's not fair. You had a good time in the casino. You had a bad five minutes in the casino. Horrid five minutes. Let's move on. Let's move on. All right, so moving on from bad weeks to good weeks. Um, shows what happens. We were very angry last week with Matt Nagy. This week gave up play-calling responsibilities, and Justin Fields looks like Didn't he die. can actually be an NFL quarterback. Granted, it is against the Detroit Lions, so big old heap of salt with that. I mean, Detroit Lions have looked good this season. Not Did yesterday, they? they didn't. Very bad yesterday. Yeah, well, yeah, until this point. I mean, yeah. I mean, it shows, it shows what happened. Lot play action, getting him on the move under center, and actually having throwing deep, which turns out he's really good at. Who'd have thought it? Who'd have thought it? Yeah. Have you seen that Matt Nagy got really prickly in the press conference? Okay. Basically, he, he was saying that, yeah, um, Bill Laser fantastic name was the play caller but at the end of the day it's all him because he's the one that designs the playbook and they're not going to talk about play calling responsibilities for the rest of the season that sounds like a man that's worried about his job doesn't it Matt Nagy's such a bitch what loser that's outrageous I don't know I feel like if I was a head coach in that situation I would take that opportunity to to look uh, cool and give credit to praise I think I think there's a better win plays you know there's a better win to just be like, yeah, like it wasn't working when I called it. Like, it reminds me of Ben Roethlisberger type chat, you know? Yeah, you know, exactly. Where he's like, he hears something about like a compliment given to his teammate or his friend, and he's like, oh, yeah, well, that's only because I did it. It's not like it's just. I yeah. put him in the position to succeed. Yeah, that's just that kind of shit. Just, just get in the bin. Just get in the bin. Honestly, it feels feels a bit desperate from that from Nagy, doesn't it? Like, it's, it's just embarrassing. To... It's embarrassing, you know. Take the credit from others. Like he should, he should have just been like, "Yeah, it wasn't working before." I gave like we we reshuffled things, and you know, Bill Lazor did a great job play calling our playbook. Like you you don't need to get all personal about it and be like, "Well, it's actually my playbook." So fuck Bill. Like at the end, he shit. did say Bill did a good job, but yeah, it's the fact that you're leading with the oh, it's all my stuff. Everything comes through me. Yeah, like, yeah, it's just mate. very petty, isn't it? Yeah, oh, and do you know what he's done since that? Well, and now it's Dandy Dalton as the starter when he's healthy. Yeah. Well, He's only yes. gone and bloody ruined everyone's evening, hasn't he? If you're a Chicago fan. It gives me the same kind of vibes as um, Tyrod Taylor is definitely our starter last year, you know. Nah, I think it's very oh, different. For the Chargers, what, yeah, Andy yeah. Dalton is a fucking is going to save Matt Nagy's job. Yeah, cool. I think it was very clear when Justin, when, uh, Justin Herbert came in last season that he was a very talented quarterback. I think to be fair to Justin Fields, he looks a lot better this weekend, but I don't think he's had the same like Oh no, he started off really shit. Yeah, Justin Herbert's debut was 15 minutes before the game he knew he was playing, and then he went toe-to-toe with Patty Mahomes. Exactly. Yeah. And like like I said, no no discredit to Justin Fields, but like his two games haven't been like that. It's not necessarily his fault, but I think it's very different with the Tara Taylor thing because it is like, well, this guy's fucking sick of quarterbacking, so he is going to be the quarterback, isn't he? Let's be honest. Whereas Matt Nagy being like, I'm going back to Dalton. Like, I, I, I wouldn't say, I don't think it's that Tyrone Taylor. I think it's the wrong decision, but you know, it wouldn't be the first time Nagy's pulled a weird one. On note of um, Pat Mahomes, I don't know if we want to wrap up talking about the best thing or if anyone's got anything. I mean, the only thing was that, I mean, it's not going to get any easier for whoever the best quarterback is now because David Montgomery, who was pretty great yesterday, did go down with an injury. Um, yeah, I'm actually unsure how long he's out for, but given how good he looked yesterday, that's a pretty big blow for an offense that has been struggling. Bring it on to Kansas City, mate. I'm a bit worried about Pat Mahomes, actually. Really? Yeah. Only the five touchdowns this week. Not about specifically Pat Mahomes, should I say. More about Pat Mahomes' team, because <laughs> Kansas City's defense kind of isn't very oh, bad, good isn't at it? all. Mm. Yeah. The fact they couldn't really sustain any pressure on the Eagles' offensive line, which isn't all that. And they might have one starter, right? Yeah. One starter. Yeah. It's, was it just... Um, Kelsey. 
Yeah, Jed Kelsey. Oh, oh, in on on. I thought you meant um, on the Kansas City D line. No. I know they they lost for other game. Yeah, they yeah. right. They they lost Frank Clark, but yeah, um, against the team they should really really be dominating. I mean, they did dominate them, but you're right. The defense hasn't looked good. But again. they but do you know what I mean? Like Philadelphia are in the game until like pretty much midpoint in the was it the fourth? Was it Listen, late in the third or something? I mean, to be honest, I'm not sh- sure we're ever really in the game. You were leading at one at a few points uh, after the, after say partway through the second quarter. She like that. To be fair, every time they went forward, they scored. But you're right, we stuck around that it looked close enough for far too long. Mm. Yeah, like you were still in the game in the fourth quarter for sure, and like no one really expected you to be. And by all, I don't know. I feel like if if Kansas City's defense are really struggling that hard to stop Jalen Hurts, then what are they going to look like for the rest of the season? Like that, that shouldn't, I get like on the other side of it, obviously Tyreek Hill looked amazing. Pat Mahomes looked amazing, but. Their offense is always going to look amazing, isn't it? That's never exactly that's like... the issue for them. <laughs> yeah, that, we didn't learn anything new about their offense, but the, the way their defense struggled, I think is a, is a real concern. I mean, I think other than the fact that the bar is so fucking high for Pat Mahomes now that he can score five touchdowns and no one even mentions it. Yeah, that, that must that's suck true. actually to be fair for Pat Holmes. His continued excellence, everyone's like, oh, the Chiefs aren't very good. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's just weird. Um I yeah, I I don't understand why the Eagles didn't use Miles Sanders a bit more. Like it seemed like Rona, yeah. yeah, they barely even ran the ball, which isn't which other teams have shown this season is kind of the way to beat the the Chiefs to some extent. Mm. And they just didn't really give him any chances. They they did this the other week as well. They gave him like four chances and he did all right on all of his chances, but they just... I mean, I don't think he did anything special, but it's not like he even had a chance to. So I don't understand what's going on there, to be honest. Yeah, when he like did get the ball, it's not like he was getting stuffed. So Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just... It feels like one of those... Uh, a bit like what you were saying the other week when um, with the 49ers, Kyle Shanahan would just get annoyed and just not involve someone in it. Maybe Miles Sanders has got on the wrong end of someone's stick, I guess. Oh, God. A yeah, very man. pointy it's, stick. I mean, they clearly like Kenny Gainwell in the passing game as well. So that's another part of... I mean, it's don't really like it when just... he fumbles on the goal line, though. No. Sanders in his first two years was a really good receiving back and he had like he led the league or I can't remember if it was either in backs or total in drops last year. And they clearly have lost faith in him as that part of his game, which Yeah, but it's not even like they're giving him the chances. It's not like he yeah, he had he had 13 attempts and he got whatever. He'll he'll have four or seven attempts on a game. It's just like what the what the hell? Like last year he looked like one of the more talented running backs in the league. Yeah. And he could just break off for a massive run and like yeah. yeah, he was like one of the sole bright spots for us last year. You're right, and I don't know if it's because it's these two games against high-powered offense that they fight thinking that they can't stay in the game if they run the ball. But you, it's almost beneficial to run against these teams so they can't keep scoring points and the clock winds down quicker. But it, it's just a bit weird because, like you said, they weren't even out of it until late. Yeah, but that's what surprised me most, anyway. Um, yeah, I, I just feel like that should have been in the bag a lot earlier than it was for Kansas City? Um, I think for me, it's mainly like, I'm trying to think how they fix this, to be honest, in KC. Like, it's still largely the same defence that, you know, wasn't fantastic last season, but did enough and at times came up pretty big for them. So, you know, in my mind, that there's not really an obvious solution to to their problems this season. Like, They've, they've got nowhere else to, to turn to in terms of personnel. Like, you'd think that actually this unit would be better for having, you know, pieces that have played together from last season and, and have got that chemistry and stuff. But, you know, it's, it's not worked. And they've just looked so susceptible to, to conceding. And we've seen that it's unsustainable to just... Exp- I mean, obviously, they've got one of the best... what three One of the top three offences in the league. But you're not going to win a championship if you make Pat Mahomes score... 45, 50 points a game to, to get you over the line. It's not sustainable. I think Joe's hit the nail on the head somewhat with the pass rush thing. I think that's where it stems from. Like Spags' defense is like his success is when he's able to cause confusion and get pressure. 
and it's almost they're built similar to the Cowboys in the fact that they don't need they don't need to hold teams to less than like twenty points a game because they'll score that. I think basically Pat Mahomes has probably scored over twenty points a game what maybe three times in his career he hasn't done so. Yeah, scoring is an issue. You just need to like be able to pressure them and get a few turnovers. It seems, and they haven't been able to do that, and it cost them against the Chargers. And yeah, it I did. Mean, if the Eagles were a better team, it might cost them here. But unfortunately, the Eagles are terrible, so it didn't really <laughs> matter in the long run. Uh, another team that seems to be struggling, that was a playoff championship caliber team coming into the season, is what the hell is going on with Baker Mayfield? It's two weeks in a row now where he's looked meh to be generous. Like he missed a lot of throws yesterday against the Vikings. Yeah, he missed that wide open one to uh, Odell that could have been it. This should have been a touchdown at one point. Mm. That that was a terrible game to watch. May I say? Was that because it was a bad game or because it was there were? A... When we, we were watching it in the for a bit of context to the viewers. We were watching it all in the Hippodrome in the bottom, and uh, it was just TVs everywhere. But the main two were. The Vikings and the the Browns game, because they had a bunch of Browns and Vikings fans. But that, if it wasn't for the fans, that game would have been easily the worst <laughs> one that we could have watched. What was the uh, final score in that game? It was, it was one fourteen score, seven, fourteen yeah. seven or something. Fourteen seven, I believe. I mean, yeah, the the atmosphere was sick because the fans were great and it was like it was a really cool atmosphere. But like, it's one of those where if you're watching that at home on your Saturday sofa by yourself, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Mm. Um, yeah, Nick Chubb looked good, and um, also Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt. Yeah. yeah, he at one point Kareem Hunt came on, and I was like, "Why are they taking Nick Chubb off?" And Kareem Hunt just went completely off and rushed for like seventy yards on one one of the drives. Um, so that, that was really when you've got two great running backs as an aspect. Yeah, yeah, they can basically just alternate between both of them. Um, but yeah. It was pretty much the whole of the back, the 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 back of the the um, second quarter was basically just all cream hunt, right? We were, we were all sort of just watching it like, is Nick Chubb injured or something? Where, where's he gone? But I mean, he to might be have fair, actually gone to the medical tent or something. To be fair, maybe, maybe. But I mean, yeah, Kareem Hunt just looked looked unreal, and yeah, those two, yeah, you can you can thank them, Browns fans, for getting your blood yeah. on this one, and also Greedy Williams on the back end had a great game. Greedy Williams defense. did actually, really, and, really good. That was one of his. I think he was actually injured his first year, right? Greedy yeah, I missed, missed like the whole year. You're right. So, um, um, Stan and Joe's favorite JOK looked like a baller again, though. He did. He did, yeah. he did indeed. He did look good. To that be offense... fair, sorry, sorry. I was just going to say both defenses actually looked really good. That, to be honest, that's why the game maybe wasn't as an entertaining watch. But generally speaking, the pass rushing on both sides is really good from from both yeah. teams. Uh, Daniel Hunter as well on the uh, Viking side, absolute baller. It's good to see he's back to full strength, really, as well. Yeah, my issue with Baker is that it's the same mistakes we were talking about in that Freddie Kitchens year. That he, he still hasn't really learned to step up in the pocket. Mm. He always tries to roll. You know, you know, two years ago when he was rolling out to his right every single time he got pressure, yeah. and it just shrunk the field. And he doesn't have really the athleticism that. Like Russell Wilson also doesn't have great pocket presence. Yeah, but he, I think he's like like he plays a similar way to Russell Wilson does, but he doesn't have the natural ability that Russell Wilson does. Mm. No, so he needs to learn to throw with better anticipation. When he's on, he's on and it's great. But he's getting too many of these bad games, especially with a potential big contract on the horizon. Like, do you pay someone that really isn't elevating the team right now? It's a diff- going to be a difficult decision. Time did it. Look what they're at. Who did it? Titans. Yeah. Mm, that's true. Well, okay, well, on that, the, tit- the Titans. Lot, the Titans. I mean, let, let's, Christ, let's yeah. see. They were without their first two choice wide receivers, but at the same time, they did lose to the New York Jets. And also, Corey Davis was now on the Jets and had a decent game, decent little game from him. But that's stung. Mm. Yeah. Zach Wilson, I mean, showing at times why Stan was so high on him. Like, he didn't look great throughout the entire game, but there were some special throws he moments, makes. yeah. When there he just, like... I, there's, like, a corner route he throws where, basically, his offensive lineman is sitting on him. He just heaves it, like, 40 yards. Like, well, you just can't teach that, can you? It's just, no, exactly. it's just not fair to throw like that. No. Yeah. I mean, and he, he needed that. I think the, the New York Jets fan base needed that as well to, like... I, I mean... A lot of hype coming out of the draft. Um, like I said, Stan was really high on him, loved some of the things he could bring in and, and that special ability to throw. 
And then obviously the, the way the season started for the Jets, we just didn't see that at all. Um, so I think it was really important for him to come out and make some of those big plays and for, uh, you know, obviously the Jets to get the win, but more so to see some of those moments from Zach Wilson to, you know, we know New York can be a bit of a hostile place for, you know, they don't give players a lot of time in New York traditionally to, to you know, settle themselves down and become stars. Um, so that they, that was that was crucial for Zach Wilson. Mm, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, um, I also think just the Titans defense in general just is shit. Is shit. To yeah, what's allowed, going on with that, man? I mean, if we knew going year. into the season it wasn't going to be anything special, yeah, it didn't get think... any. It, it's dropped off quite a lot in recent years. Yeah, I remember we had the conversation, didn't we, when the Julio Jones um, trade happened? Of like, right, the Titans' offense is a potential to be plus. I Titans' offense is going to be one of the best potential to be one of the best in the league. Downside is that it's absolutely going to have to be if the yeah. defense doesn't take a big leap forward. Yeah. And the offense looked amazing. Yeah, I mean, I know the two are out, and Derek Henry's still great, but it has, just hasn't been consistent enough. Yeah, and well, to be honest, terrible. To be honest, when you're when you're coming out and you're saying, you know, Derek Henry is effectively the only guy we have that is actually going to be able to make plays this game, and yeah, they they've just accepted the fact that yeah, Derek Henry might get almost two hundred yards from scrimmage, but at the end of the day, they're not going to be able to do anything else. And as long as we stop them in the red zone when it matters, then, you know, that, that is all that, if that's your only thing, it is, yeah, Derek Henry's going to have a monster day, but it's not necessarily going to win them the game. You just see, yeah, sorry, so I was just going to say, like, you just see, like, the passing game has let down that offense so much. Like, I know, like I said, Julio and AJ being out is a big blow, but it just, throughout the last few weeks, really, they've struggled to be able to get that play action game going so you just get when you, when they get to the red zone, teams just stack the box against Henry because they've got you know they're fully confident that they, they there's no danger on the outside. And then obviously, you know Derek Henry's amazing, but he can't do it something against eleven yeah. players every single play. And there's something to it as well when almost all of your mid to deep range uh, passes are from play actions. You know, like. Ryan Tannehill looked like he was only really going to throw it on play action a lot of the time during that mm. game. Um, yeah, that just... they don't do a good enough job of keeping the. Deep, yeah, it's uh, just like when it's so honest. obvious, when it's so obvious, like people have Derek Henry covered and stuff, and like there's not really any notable talent mm. on that receiving core anyway. Also, yeah, the O line got mashed up that, that game. Matt Robinson injured. Yeah, Taylor Lewong yeah. got injured. Uh, didn't they lose three O linemen that game? Yep. Yeah, they did. I don't know what the injuries are actually looking like now. Yeah, but... Maybe we should cut them a little bit of slack on offense then if they were missing yeah. five starters looking at it. By the, the end Jets, of the game, though, they right? were, yeah. I mean, they still put up how many, how many points they put up? They still put up 24 points without five starters. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's not horrific. I don't, I don't think it's panic stations on the offensive side of the ball and on the plus side of the ball. They live. They play in a division that all four teams are terrible. The NFC East yeah. is no longer the worst league, worst um, division in football. Praise the Lord. I don't know. It's got the Eagles, the Giants, and the hey, Washington football team. We just pushed team, the Chiefs it? right to the edge. They pushed them. Yeah, boy, did they push them. Also, Danny Dimes the... looked good against the New Orleans team. Yeah. I was going to yeah. say the other New York team won in o- overtime as the underdog as well. First time for a stupid amount of years that both New York teams, all three New York teams, Buffalo, Jets and Giants, have all won at the same weekend. Yeah, I think last time. I think it was 2013. That is crazy. That is an interesting set. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Giants completely upset the the Saints. However, the Saints just really did not look that comfortable with Jameis in the game. I, I don't know. It's difficult for a team to be that good. While hiding your quarterback, it's not like Matt. You speak about sustainability in a game plan earlier. You, I don't. You can't win games. Well, a lot of games without at least your quarterback doing something. Yeah, like the exactly. Fact is that their best plays on offense, other than one DP from Jameis, were basically Taysom Hill doing Taysom Hill things. Yeah, which is fun. I mean, it's yeah. fun, but yeah, you can't you can't run a season. You can't run an offense over the course of a season like that. Yeah, and this was a Giants team as well. That had two of their start receivers out. Well, Saquon had what looked like his first real good game back. Only from the second half onwards, though, right? It took a little while getting going. Turned it up. 
Yeah, it turned a while to get warm, but when it got warm, he got a hot walk-off touchdown to finish it as well in overtime, nice. right? Yeah. When he got warm, he got hot. That needs going yeah. on t-shirt as well. Maybe they just, you know, the Giants just need to lean into it and just accept that Saquon is their only route out of hell right now. And hope yeah. this guy doesn't get injured. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Danny Dimes, decent. Surprisingly decent, actually. When mm. he doesn't turn the ball over, doing stupid fumbles, he yeah, actually but looks like he... there's an NFL quarterback in there. The stupid fumbles thing is because he's completely negligent to anyone who's actually pass rushing him he just doesn't look at them he's just so and just stares down the receiver to like throw it on their break that he's not even aware that there's a guy just about to hit him so when half that's where half his fumbles are coming from hey, like, all the all the best quarterbacks his don't vision look at the pass rush unfortunately they can feel it but he has yeah. no feel he has no feel and that may be an issue um, but yeah, I don't think this doesn't mean Danny Dimes is the answer. I think he's still going to get replaced at the end of the year. This really? is not his contract year, right? For Danny Dimes. No, it's not. But I, I don't know. I don't think Danny Dimes is that bad, but you're right. I don't think he's a top. I don't think he's, he's he's not a franchise QB, though, for the Giants. He's a guy you're going to have to build around. And he can mm. deal if you build around him and it's a good game. Yeah, but the fact but we would have seen he's... by this point. And it always seems that he doesn't have two games in a row that he doesn't have turnovers in. Yeah, and unfortunately, that is bad. Um, I mean, we've spoken about, about a couple of rookie quarterbacks. Another one that we saw first like extended time in the NFL, Trey Lance, and I understand why he's not playing because he does not look yeah. ready yet. Yeah, we he's said fast, this when we saw it. Very fast, and he can hit a wide open Debo Samuel. But apart from that, he hit him multiple times. He was somewhat scatter shot with his accuracy. Yeah, mm. he just looked very like I was saying this while we were watching it, but he looked very scatty. Like he was very even when he was running, um, he looked very sort of like it's a bit like when a boxer's like fainting to to throw a punch, but isn't actually doing it. He was just doing that all the time, and it looked like I don't know. He just didn't look very comfortable in there. Seemed like kind of overstimulated in the sense of like he was he was being like hyper analytical about everything around him and stuff, and like to the to the detriment of of making quick decisions and making like decisions on on feel and touch. I think. Yeah, especially when on the passing plays, I think he was in his element when he was a designed run. But we always knew mm. that was going to be the case because he's a very mm. athletic guy. But. Yeah. On the passing plays, at one point, I think it was like two and seven or two and eight or something. It was weird. It was like, two, it was like Jameis Winston style. Two and seven for like 84 yards. Yeah. Because one of those was like one a completely was a blown coverage to Debo Samuel. Yeah. yeah. That was such yeah, a I mean, weird game, actually. It was nice of Kyle Shanahan to protect him somewhat, basically coming out saying, yeah, the reason he struggled is because we didn't have a lot um, of game plan designed for him. He hasn't played that much with the first team. But then he also said, now you can see why he's in number two. Oh, God, why would you say that, man? God, you don't not... need to say that. Funny, <laughs> it's implied. It's, it's funny, but it's funny if you're not Trey Lance. I'm also not sure God. how true that is, because first of all, isn't this supposed to be basically like a quarterback running back proof offense that these guys will run? And Joe mm. mentioned it, there were designed runs in there. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll God. see. I don't know how long Jimmy is out for with his hurt pride. I mean, um, what is it, calf? Yeah. I think you're right the first time. Yeah. Ego. Uh, apparently, apparently he was struggling with it the whole game. But Seattle looked good again. Bruce, Bruce, I, 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 re I really don't understand this division. I re it really confuses me. I know they're yeah. all good, but why do they sometimes just show up and then not do anything? Like the Titans, Seahawks against the Titans a couple of weeks ago and their defense against the Vikings last week. And then this time they were fine. Like they had a good game. It's like that. It is really bizarre. But I mean, it was the same with the Vikings as well. Well, the Seahawks kind defense what we were saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah their their defense sucked, and then they suddenly were are good for a game. Turn it on, and, and then turn it off again, and turn it back yeah. on. It's like their defense is purely built to um, stop this sort of West Coast, not West Coast, wide zone scheme, and it's so yeah. built to stop mm. that that it can't do anything else. Yeah, it's going to struggle when it plays um, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, who just look incredible. I don't think any of us, except Stan, saw this one coming. Okay. Stan isn't here to gloat right now. But Boy, would he be gloating. I mean, Kyler Murray is basically just stamping that MVP claim every single week, isn't he? 
It's outrageous at the moment. The way he's playing is just ridiculous. Uh, I'm getting Russell Wilson last year vibes off him, to be fair. I don't think it's very sustainable that he's actually going to win the MVP because at the moment, I think he's doing everything for that team. So you think Um, he's going to sort of tail off? I think it's not sustainable to expect Kyler Murray to have a blowout performance every single game of the season to win them games. Like he's perfectly capable of doing it. And we've seen that he is. And he does look amazing. And he does look like MVP right now. But the play calling and stuff still isn't great. Uh, It's nothing special. It's just Kyler Murray basically running around and extending the play and finding receivers that weren't originally where they were supposed to be because they've the plays extended because Kyler's broken out of the pocket and yeah, yeah he he can do that but that's not how long can he do that for yeah it's not how the play is designed it's not how the offense is designed so like uh, i don't know that's why it reminds me of when it was the whole let russ cook thing and russell wilson was going was everyone was thinking, oh, Russell Wilson's like carrying the Seahawks. I, that's all I see is Kyler Murray yeah. just carrying the Cardinals, to be honest. Yeah, last year it was bombs away stuff, and they're like, what if we stop letting them just hit us over the top every time? Exactly. The main difference for me, though, was the Cardinals' defense actually just really surprised mm. me. Byron Murphy uh, was as advertised from Stan, which is a big surprise. I thought it was being a complete homer. And then we got there and he, I think he had like two picks on the day actually, or something along those lines. Um, I think it's two picks. He had at least one, didn't he though? Yeah, but he did actually have a few pass breakups at least. Like uh, I was, I saw some of that. And yeah, they they completely negated um, Cooper Cup, who looked really good last week as well. Like to be fair, that was against the Bucks secondary. Still got to negate him though. I don't know, man. I don't know how much, Stan's not the light to hit it, but Matt Stafford looked off. He was missing guys when they were sort of open. Like Cooper Cup, his stat line doesn't look great, but he was overthrown a bunch of times by Stafford. And it's not like they were... I know, it, it was weird because Stafford did not look like he has done the first few weeks of the season. Granted, the Cardinals were able to get some pressure up front, which is always going to help that. Mm. But I don't know, Staff, Stafford just didn't look accurate. I don't know if he, like when he when they were started behind in the game, he's getting impatient trying to force it a bit but mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a bit it was strange really strange how bizarre. That how bizarre. Mm. bizarre Kylo is so hard to tackle though it's like it's not fair like because yeah, Joe said the, co- the coverage was the routes were covered initially on the on most, a lot of the play calls because the Rams defense is weird like didn't actually play badly badly no, but yeah, there's not much you can do when the pass rushes gets there and he spins out, starts sprinting like he converted two, like third and what 16s or something. All, all one I way hear ju- when he's sorry, go ahead. One way, duped like two guys out, and the other one he got sprinted around, ran around a bit to the line of scrimmage, and just threw us like a little swing pass to the running back. It was all the guys came down to cover Kyler Murray because you basically got to have five guys there to tackle him. Yeah, it's I imagine every time he runs in, internally in my mind, I just hear the music. Not the Mario Star music. No. Could be the Mario Star music. Could be. Yeah, someone make an edit of that. I bet it's probably on YouTube, to be fair, if you search for it. Definitely not copyright free. Definitely not. But however, yeah, Kyler Murray just, he just looks like he's just completely the only thing. It's weird because they do have talented offensive people. And to be fair as well, their rushing attack with Chase Edmonds looked really yeah, good. Yeah, and James Conner, yeah. Yeah, J- James Conner's more like goal line red zone kind of Boring. guy. Short yardage back, he's okay. But but really, Chase Edmonds came onto his own this game. I think they had combined 200 yards rushing or something along those lines. in that ballpark, yeah. Um not including all the yards that Kyler Murray was able to muster up as well. So, yeah, their rushing game was outstanding, which definitely helped. It's actually so weird that we were saying this while we were watching this, how good the Cardinals' rushing attack is, considering what, um, yeah, what it was like in, in college for the man, the myth, the, the man with the massive house and the fire. Yeah, fire. the man with the massive house. It's like Bonville, we haven't heard of. Yeah, no socks, but an amazing shirt, well ironed shirt that fits in perfectly <laughs> with your sofa. Have you got the photo up or something now? Because you're very good, great description of it. 
like this is your wallpaper. Yeah. Well, it, it's it's yeah. Put it up there and aspire to get there one day. Cliff yeah, Kingsbury is an inspiration. That O line does need a lot of credit because I come the last time I watched a Rams game and like Aaron Donald didn't completely wreck an offense. Like, yeah. I don't remember him him being mentioned once in that game. I think I saw him get triple teamed a lot when I was watching it. You got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would. To be fair, I mean, kind of did some stuff in structure. They ISO'd AJ Green because they're like, right, DeAndre Hopkins got Jalen Ramsey on him, who had a good game. I, mean, I think he only allowed one catch to D Hop all game when he was in coverage. But AJ Green is actually looking somewhat resurgent, which if he can be a what a number two outside guy, but probably a number three guy, if you've taken advice of how good Rondell Moore's been. Two and a yeah. half. They've got some nice pieces on offense. They do. Mm. I, I just don't trust AJ Green to be consistent if uh, mm. DeAndre Hopkins isn't is actually in a you know not getting locked down by Jalen Ramsey yeah. the whole game. You know. Yeah, I, I think there is a happy medium there though between um, and they, I think they did do a good job of using both of them in tandem yes tandem yesterday. But I think there is a there is a way that you can you can utilize both of them effectively even when DeAndre, even when DeAndre is not against a lockdown corner. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, you, you've got to somewhat, don't you? I mean, they've got enough yeah. talent and you're going to have to play so much contain on Tyler that he's never going to see more than single coverage because if you're double covering AJ Green, uh, something horrific has gone on in the injury department for the Cardinals or it's a yeah. really strange game plan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the trick is leave DeAndre Hopkins open and double, triple cover AJ Green. Mess with their minds. Yeah. Break their minds and their bodies will follow. Wow. How nice. dumb We're not that? putting that on a t shirt. <laughs> this was a war t shirt. The other impressive victory this week, actually, was Joe's Baltimore Ravens. That yeah. I didn't see a lot of at the time because of the way the TVs were structured. It, it was all. basically behind us. So we had Joe facing us. put it on the TV. You did. So. After forcing the man to put it on the TV, what did you see from this team other than Marquise Brown well, catching Teddy Bridgewater tuddies? sucks and does not push the ball downfield, not surprisingly enough, but you literally can't trust him on the third and long just to throw it past where the third down marker is. Um, also, Drew Locke really did not look good when he came in after Teddy Bridgewater, I think, got a concussion. And then Drew yeah, Locke came concussion. in, looked absolutely shambolic um there was a lot by that point to be fair there was a lot of offensive line shambles uh with the broncos it's just a sloppy game from the broncos in general so i'm not going to take that much away from it and think you know oh we we did really well we beat a team that we really should have beaten given how they were playing at the time mm. um, i think this says a lot about your passing game though because that broncos passing defense is still a good unit yeah, yeah, that is true. Um, Marquise Brown had one of those like good Marquise days. He's basically the receiver equivalent of Jameis Winston at this point. You never know what you're going to get. Is he going to drop two touchdown passes? Is he going to tear you a new one? We don't know. We'll figure out that on this week's episode of the Marquise <laughs> Diaries. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was I was pleasantly. Surprised our rushing attack outside of Lamar Jackson didn't really look anything special. Latavius Murray is okay. Lev Bell got in a few plays. I mean, after basically sitting out for however long, so I'm not expecting him to be, yeah. you know. I'm surprised that. you activated him a little bit. Yeah, but then again, what we've got, we've got Devonta Foreman and Latavius Murray as our running backs at the moment. Yeah. So, and I'm is not Tyson, what you call him? Is it Tyson Williams? Yeah, Tyson Williams, but he is literally like, yeah, he's just a, just a dude. He's he's yeah. okay. There there isn't a guy there. There's just just dudes. no no. There's a bunch of like, fellas. There's no guy. It's just an unfortunate situation, isn't it? But I mean, it's good that we not we're not letting it affect our game plan or decisions. We're still the same team we are, despite what our personnel is. So, uh, but it is giving a chance for Lamar to really, I don't know. He's just always been just so good at just evading the first sort of pass rusher that should get him. And he's getting a lot better at stepping up into the pocket rather than immediately bouncing out. And you're seeing that now. And when he steps up, he can deliver a fucking dime. Like yeah. his deep ball accuracy is getting there. I mean, there was still a few drops this game. That's why I'm saying that we... Like, I'm not sure you can blame accuracy for that one, though. 
No, and it's the same last last game. Like he had, like he had a few um, over pr- pretty much. Not really over. Th- no, I'm saying incompletions yeah, were by way of dropping. Balls. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, but they're NFL catchable balls for you know what what is a professional athlete. So. Uh, yeah, it's just a game we should have won, but I, I'm not going to take too much away from it because job done. Because, like you said, it's a game you should have won. Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely. Um, are there any other takeaways from this week? Any like big things you need to get off your chest? Any big Ben talk which we're not going to allow? No, obviously, I can't, I can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. <laughs> too we have, we haven't mentioned we haven't mentioned Tom Brady returning to Foxborough oh. in a game that was the wettest game. I don't understand how he throw the ball. Like he actually looks good throwing the ball deep in the brain, and it's not fair. Yeah. And Matt Jones again. Matt Jones looked okay. He, yeah, I know, but he throws so shallow. Like his stat, it's his stat yards that are so deceptive. But you're right, he doesn't. Yeah. He didn't look. No, bad. I was watching the game, mate. He looked okay. Like especially in the second half when they started trying to make the comeback, he looked fine. But yeah, I get what you mean. Like he's not. He's another one like he's not going to typically push the ball past mm. where the first down marker is on a regular basis. But yeah, that's just not the offense that the Patriots run. So that's kind of what they're. I do think it was a little bit on. cheesy the amount of people, the amount of networks that ran with the um, like, oh, Mac Jones really held his own against Brady and stuff. And it's like in reality, it was a very wet game where it was never going to favor quarterback play in general. Like, I don't, I, I mean, n- not to slight Mac Jones, but I don't think he, like, it wasn't a Justin Herbert against Pat Mahomes type performance, that, like we saw last season or anything like that. Like, it was okay, but it was, it was I think Patriots, they tried to round that rhetoric down. Yeah, and it was the mm. Patriots defense that kept hold of the Tampa offense rather than Mac Jones kept pace with the Patriots Absolutely, offense. yeah. I'm, I'm, they kept I, Brady out of the end zone. Yeah, they played, they played well. I mean, that's, like, they're aided by the weather has to be somewhat mm. but you can only play in what conditions you're playing in it's true it's yeah I, I will say one thing just quickly on the bucks game do you ever watch the bucks and you think like they've got leonard fournette and ronald jones the wrong way around like typically people see leonard fournette as like the down the hill runner um and ronald jones is like the receiving back but last in that game it just looked the opposite way around. Like every time, yeah, I see what you I've mean, a few times, like Ronald Jones is actually quite a powerful runner who takes like an outside run and actually like get, he was getting a lot of yards. And then like Leonard Fournette was actually getting a lot of yards in the receiving game. And just because yeah. he didn't, he wasn't typically used like that in Jacksonville. I just feel like they're not using them in the right situations. And then they're just surprised when one of them makes a big play in a situation that wouldn't typically be used at. Like, I feel like, I don't know. Well, apparently Leonard Fournette had the best hands during training camp, which is why yeah, I passed but... it to him a lot. So he apparently earned that job. But you're right. It's weird because your image of those two guys. It's like, the complete first, opposite. Yeah. yeah. Leonard Fournette is the, the hammer guy that always should be. That's why he's that power back. It was the no, he's a supple in, little hand boy. incarnate to Adrian Peterson, everyone said, right? That, Indeed. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't think, I think we've seen enough from. Len Fournette now to realise that he's probably never going to be Adrian Peterson. Some absolute second half of his career breakout, which would be shocking. I think we know what we've got there. Not bad player. They are who we thought they were. We let them off the hook. We let them off the hook, absolutely. We did. We did. Um, I don't want to talk. We talked about Washington football team, Falcons offence. Bills, Texans. The Texans are just terrible. Davis Mills is not an NFL quarterback. Move on. Josh Allen is fun, obviously. Yep. Titans, Jets, we covered. Oh, Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins. Yeah, Matt, you didn't want to bring this up about. <laughs> Bye. We were You know what? As a this... present, on the back. I'll of touch the field, it briefly. It wasn't right. that good a game to watch. Do we? Basically, we're just fucking putrid from in every department. Just not a very good football team. Like there was a lot of hype around the Dolphins, and I was super excited this season about the Dolphins, and we've just taken a step back in every measurable way this season. Don't know if it's coaching. Don't know if, you know, game plan, whatever. I mean, actually, I do know. I think it definitely is coaching, to be honest, like in terms of with our coordinators. Um, but yeah, everyone's playing shit and we suck. The Colts didn't have Quentin Nilsson or a few other alignment. I didn't think, need they still, no, they're not even they still kind either. of ran all over you. 
It was two bad teams having a bad having a bad tussle. It, just, it wasn't an entertaining game at all. Like everyone no. turning around to that game and just being like, literally nothing is going on. I can't be bothered. I mean, it was around. It yeah. was completely justified that Hipdrome put it on the other fucking side of the of the room on one screen. There was probably about three people watching it for the entirety of the of its duration. Um, yeah, horrible, horrible football. Yeah, all right. Do it again. No, no more of that. No, thank you. Patriots girl somewhere lurking around the corner, shouting J E T S Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah. Are the Dolphins done as a playoff contender this year, Matt? Yep. All right, cool. And on that positive note, that's probably the end of today's show. Make sure you check out all of our social medias when they're up again, because at the moment, all of Facebook everything's on fire. But when it's back, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Dropback thedropback.com online for articles and game picks, which I do actually have available. You Zuckerberg! <laughs> I forgot about the game picks. Hit me. Hit you. All right. Yeah. So, um, in advance of tonight's game of Las Vegas visiting the Chargers, which obviously we don't have the results We all for. pick the same or not? No. We no, no. It's, like, it's, a three, it's actually a 3-3 three, three split there. But in sixth place... With 36 wins is Joe Costanzo. There he is. I thought I got quite a few wins this week. No. Well, you got a few, but less than everyone else. Um, in fifth place <laughs> with 37 wins is Alex Voice-Joyce. In fifth is. place with 38 wins is Daniel Muller. In fourth, th- third place even with 39 wins is myself. 40 wins, Matt Burns peak, and 41 wins. Oh, so they're all one point apart. Okay. Yeah, all one point apart. Stan had a 12 and three week heading into the Monday that night. That is massive. Week. It's a big week for Stan. Big. But, so he leads the leaderboard now by one point. Have me yeah. and Stan picked the same the same team for the game tonight? Yes, you did. Okay, Boring. so it doesn't matter. Okay, no, no not, not in terms of that. Okay, but I've been Sam. I've been Matt. I've been Joe. And until next time. The Drop Back with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson. some dinner.